What is going on? Welcome to the John Doe No Show. This is your weekly update for October 14th. We're going to talk about the news. <clears throat> Haven't done one of these in a while, so <clears throat> it's going to be pretty fun talking about some stories. And to be honest, I started this already and I accidentally deleted it. So it's going to be fun going over a bunch of these stories again now that uh, I've been prepped and I know what I'm talking about now. And I've worked through a bunch of technical difficulties. So it's going to be pretty amazing, guys. We're going to talk about some news, some stuff been going around here in Texas and all around. So, and here locally in San Antonio. So let's get started. All right. This is a pretty interesting story, guys. I don't know if y'all guys like hot sauces. I like hot sauces. I think my two favorite are Cholula. And the other one is Texas Pete. Both super delicious. Um, I first tried Texas Pete in... When I was in Iraq, I believe. Uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. When I was in, in Georgia and um, in the military. And I was like, wow, I, why can't I ever get any Texas Pete back home? Well, that's because Texas Pete is not a Texas company. No, Texas Pete hot sauce faces a lawsuit for being made in North Carolina. How do you like that? Okay, this is what an article from uh, the New York Post says. Uh, Texas Pete is now facing a lawsuit. A man in California is suing the popular hot sauce brand after it learned that it is manufactured in North Carolina rather than the Lone Star State. Philip White bought a bottle of Texas Pete at Ralph's Supermarket September 2021, believing that it made as the label suggested in Texas, according to the complaint filed in the Los Angeles Federal Court. So this is funny. I thought this is funny. This guy... Um, he is suing Texas Pete, which is um, operated out of North Carolina in uh, California court. So that's 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 great that you know you could do that. That's so many cross line. I guess it's gonna be it's federal court, so I guess so. Um, I think that's weird. Like I, but I could see his point. Like, like man, Texas Pete. Like, like imagine if you just took it to a friend and be like. Hey, I got you some Texas beat. It's from Texas. And then now you're a liar. Now you're a liar because it's not even made in Texas. It's made in North Carolina. Um, I think North Carolina Pete is a dumb name, though. So maybe I, I get it. I get why you would want to call yourself Texas Pete. Texas this is way, way cooler than North Carolina. What? Like NC Pete? Is that what they're going to call him? No, okay. Texas Pete, Lone Star Pete, um, Cowboy Pete. Those are those are dope names right there. No one's gonna go after a hot sauce named North Carolina Pete. Come on. Okay, so let's keep on going. Um, the suit alleges White wouldn't have to purchase the wouldn't have purchased the sauce if he knew that it was actually made in North Carolina, where the manufacturer T.W. Gardner Food Company has its headquarters. While the manufacturing location is not a secret, since it's printed on the bottle's back label, the lawsuit alleges that a consumer would not likely notice. Because we don't read, okay? We don't read what's in our foods, okay? If you put something in it, we just like the pretty, pretty color labels. We don't like any of the information. We don't like knowing how many calories are in there. We don't like knowing what chemicals they put in it. No, just give me the food. Make it look pretty, okay? The label distinctly, Texas imagery, also contributed to the buyer's bamboozlement. <laughs> he was bamboozled demented. The suit alleged the... Bottle includes the famous Lone Star from the Texas flag, all together with the lassoing cowboy. The complaint states, 
And yeah, that's that's if you haven't seen the bottle of Texas Speed, that's what it looks like. It says Texas Speed on a jalapeno, right above the jalapeno, there's a lone star. And then a little red cowboy doing last tricks. Because, mm, I mean, that's what Texas is, spicy. Spicy cowboys, <laughs> according to this. Um, the saucy parent company, T.W. Gardner Food Co., explains on its website after consulting with the marketing advisement that the company's founder, Sam Gardner, labeled landed on Texas Pete because of the state's reputation for spicy cuisine and as a nod to his son's nickname. So, yeah, he just wanted to be associated with some spiciness. I guess things aren't so spicy in North Carolina, but they're spicy down here in Texas. <laughs> the Kern factory, built in 1942, added a onto many times account, sits in the original Gardner family home site in northwest Winston-Salem. The website states... And the legendary Texas Pete, proud of the cowboy heritage, but also a proud North Carolinian, continues to thrive. However, the White's lawsuit claims that it is surprising nothing Texas about him. Well, uh, well I, I, I think you don't have to be from Texas to claim your Texas. I guess maybe you should at least visit here, you know, at least maybe buy a home out here, vacation home sometime. You know, so come out here, hang out for a weekend, then go back home, and all your all your nerdy little East Coast, West Coast friends will call you Texas Pete because you're out here for a weekend. Yeah, no, okay? That's cool. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, right, like David Crockett, David Crockett was here in San Antonio for like a week and a half, you know, before Santa Ana and the other Mexicans blew his brains out, and we made him our mascot, so why not make Texas Pete? <laughs> Keep let them keep the label, but if okay, so let's continue going on. If a consumer conducted an extremely close review of the product's back label, nothing would overcome its reasonable impression given by the front label that the products are indeed made in Texas. The complaint argues, Oh, so he's saying it's the front label, it's tricking us all. We all think it's it's a uh, it's too important, it's too big, we can't overlook anything else but the label. Okay, the plaintiffs are asking for the court to make W. Gardner food pay for damages and change his name and branding. Oh, no, don't let him do that. That's, that's, <laughs> that's silly. Don't change your name, Texas Pete. You hold your guns. Stick to your guns, all right? You cowboy up and soldier on. Mm. <laughs> I like Texas Pete. I think it's, like I said, one of my, one of my two favorite hot sauces. Um, I thought this was an interesting story. So, uh, I hope, what do y'all think, guys? Um, should they change their name? I don't think they should. They keep it. I, I say keep it. Texas Pete, you, you, you cool my books. All right, if you were like a nasty tasting hot sauce, maybe I'd, I'd, I'd be more for you changing your name, but nah, man, you, you're pretty, you're pretty good. You're pretty good. You're cool in my book, Texas Pete. All right, cool. So then let's go on. That was a fun little story. Let's go on to the next one, right? This was a little bit more serious. It's been going on for about two weeks now. Um, I don't know if most of y'all heard about this. There was a shooting of a 17-year-old kid by a San Antonio police officer. On uh, This took place at a McDonald's on October 2nd. <clears throat> um, the kid was shot four times. Uh, what had happened was apparently the... Officers was claiming that he had seen this vehicle that the kid was in 
um, evade him a couple of days before, so he wanted to um, go up and investigate. Now what he does is he opens the door real quick. Uh, he tells the guy, the kid, to get out, and uh, the kid, like I guess he's freaked out. He puts the card in reverse. The the officer tries to grab him. The door hits the officer as the car is in reverse, and then the kid like speeds off. Meanwhile, the officer starts shooting his his firearm about five. No, I'm sorry, about ten times, I believe. It's a lot. We're gonna watch it here in a little bit. And then um, four of them hit the kid. He's 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 down. He 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 stops the car a couple of blocks away, about two or three blocks away, and he's he's taken to the hospital and put in critical condition. As of now, his family is saying that he's still in critical condition. So I mean, it's already been about. Um, shoot 12 days so I mean he, he was jacked up he was messed up <sighs> um, so this happened on October 2nd October 3rd they um, they have a press conference um, McManus the police chief I believe is his name yes um, has a press conference um, he releases the body cam footage um, a couple of days later, the charges are finally dropped. The, the Bear County District Attorney Joe Gonzalez drops the charges uh, on the young man. The uh, Eric Cantu is, is the name of the 17-year-old kid that was shot. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, let me see. Uh, October 11th, the family tells that the lawyer, oh, via through a lawyer, that the kid that... Uh, Kantu is still in life support, so things are pretty, pretty uh, intense for him still. This is on the eleventh. Finally, on uh, on October eleventh, later in the evening, the officer, I believe his name is Brendan. Let me see. Um, officer Brendan is charged with two counts of aggravated assault by a public servant, a first degree felony, and states that the Officer has already fired and has already turned himself in. Okay, so, um, yeah, like, the day after um, this happened, he was let go and fired, but it did take a couple of days for him to, uh, uh, for charges to be pressed. Um, a lot of that was also because, it doesn't speak about this, but there was a rally downtown uh, by um, people uh, protesting why he wasn't incarcerated already or why charges weren't pressed, so... That's been happening. Um, on October 13th, the San Antonio Police Department confirms that the car that Cantu was in was not stolen. So um, we don't know. I don't know whose car it is. So we'll, we'll keep up to date with this. But And then as of the date for the next hearing for Brendan will be November 23rd. So still uh, about over a month away. Uh, he's been released on bail. I believe it was $200,000 bail. And our bond, Brennan released from jail on a $200,000 bond. Okay, so he's already out there walking again. Um, he doesn't have a job, so he's probably going to be struggling, man. Uh, but that's what you get, man. You're not supposed to be shooting 17-year-old kids when they're at McDonald's eating burgers. I mean, I don't think there's any way I could see why this would be justified in any sense of the word, even if, like, it was all wrong what happened. Let me see if we could hear some of this. I'm going to press play on. We're going to see if we can pick up this. And we'll go over it.
Medicare annual That is an ad. Okay, so we're gonna. There's about a couple seconds of ads. But, um, here it starts. It happens real fast. So this guy is at Walmart. This guy is at McDonald's, right? He's at McDonald's just chilling and eating a burger. Or um, the, the cop is just chilling there. And that's when he notices it, right? So this all happens pretty quick. Within like a minute, this all happens. Okay, the law enforcement officer, he sees a vehicle. He walks over there to the car. He's calling for backup. So it's pretty. Oh, I don't know if you'll still hear it. I think the audio might come out. But listen, this happens in a minute and a half. And you see, and you can watch the video. It's called Everything um, You Need to Know About the Shooting Teenager Air Cantu by San Antonio Police. Um, the video is out there. You can see it. Um, the law enforcement officer shoots his firearm about like 10 times, man. He goes off. He's not holding back. So that's the kind of person this officer is, man. He, he, don't, he, don't, he don't care. He's got to shoot a kid, and he's got to shoot a kid. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty glad. I'm pretty stoked that they're uh, fired. That they let this guy go, that he's pressing charges being pressed against him. Um... I'm not against cops. I'm I'm just against bad cops. So yeah. Speaking of bad cops, let's go to the next story too. Oh, also, you know, before we do that, um, his family is the Eric uh, Gantu's family is starting a fundraiser. You could go and donate. Um, it's just going to be mainly for medical bills and stuff because, I mean, honestly, I think they they have a, a great opportunity for a lawsuit. But keep in mind that, like, they never see money for, like, years. So, I mean, they're going to need help eventually. And you can go do that if you want to donate. If you don't, whatever. I'm just saying that's that's out there. Okay. So, the next story, speaking of bad cops, right? Staying on the subject of bad cops. Um, Let's go to Uvalde, <laughs> where the worst cops are. So, this one happened last week, but I did not get to speak about it because... I wasn't doing this last week, okay? I just started doing this this week again. So, it's my show. I can do whatever I want. We're going to talk about some news that happened last week. And, like, it happened last Friday, right? So, it's been about a week. But, like I said, I just realized this. It's about, um, this is from uh, KSAT 12 News. Or, yeah, KSAT.com. Uh, Uvalde CSID suspends entire district police department. Inter... Superintendent to retire. Two other administrators on leave, including Lieutenant, who knew about ex trooper investigation. Uh, UCISD Superintendent Harold Hall has announced that he will retire as the district suspended all activities of the Uvalde CISD Police Department for a period of time. Amid the criticism of their response to the May 24th massacre. Yeah, so, um, uh, I don't know. So, yes, so finally, um, they let go some of the law, law enforcement officers that were working specifically for the Uvalde School Police Department, um, which is, I think it's kind of ridiculous that it took them this long to actually do it. It's that should have happened like the next day, 
<laughs> we got all these like right like i mean they had one they had, they had one drone it was to protect the kids and they kind of they kind of screwed it up you know <laughs> maybe that should have been fired then you know maybe that's when they should have been fired like the very next day but you know it just takes about mm, five months five months for any action to be taken okay um i mean just lack of disrespect to like the community these people in the in an email to staff harold said that board members We'll discuss timber intendant retirement options and transition during the meeting on Monday. No timeline was given. His announcement came shortly after UCISD announced that recent developments led to the suspicion of the police department lieutenant Miguel Hernandez and Ken Muller have been placed on administrative leave. UCISD said records obtained by KSHO so that Hernandez knew that the recently hired officer Crimson and also Crimson as Lizondo being under investigation by the Texas Department of Public Safety for her response to the attack. Yes, so now what they also did is they, uh, Uvalde um, uh, School Police Department hired this Texas State Trooper, El Lizondo, who was actually one of the first people on scene of Rob Elementary. And uh, she did nothing. She mainly just standed outside the videos. You see her vom, and she was also seen on footage saying this: "If my son had been in there, I would not have been outside. I promise you that." <laughs> right? So, uh, oh man, if it was my kid, I would have saved his life. But uh, your kid, nah, it's cool. Uh, I don't care about your kid. Not my kid, not my problem. That's what uh, this lady was saying. And this is who they hired. This is who they hired to re <laughs> to replace the the other officers over there. So, oh man, this is ridiculous. Okay, she left the DPS this summer and was hired by the school drippers by the school district. UCISD fired her on Thursday after reports about her employment surfaced. Since there was parents also called for DPS director Steve McCraw to resign. Oh, man. <laughs> right? Uh, they're calling for the DPS director to resign. UCISD said current employee officers will fill other roles in the district. DPS troopers will patrol campus and extracurricular activities. So uh, here's the thing. Um, ev almost everyone involved in that should have been fired and their badges should have been taken and they should never be allowed to be police officers Anywhere. I mean, I don't think they should be allowed to be security officer guards at Chuck E. Cheese's is what I really think. Um, you're given one job to protect the children, and they really dropped the ball in that one. <laughs> right? The, I mean, and this is Texas, guys. Like, you're going to let that happen in Texas? Come on. No, i got to get rid of them. Let them go. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Um, I just thought that was interesting. Uh, the article goes on. It's a pretty interesting article. It talks about um, the families uh, and all that they're going through and stuff as well. So, But I just wanted to share that one real quick. I'll let people know about updates in Uvalde. But we'll keep this going. Um, so we got a lot to talk about. It's been busy, guys. Okay, so this next story is probably going to be, uh, I think, my favorite because... Um, 
I don't know how many people know this, but uh, for the 2020 campaign, the presidential campaign, I was a big supporter of uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, if you didn't know who she was, she was a uh, congresswoman from Hawaii. She was a veteran. Uh, she had done a lot of big environmentalist, uh, anti-war. No, she's not even a veteran, right? I mean, she's a she's actually a service member. She's in the National Guard, so she's an active National Guard. And um, I really enjoyed a lot. Every, I'll say it like this. During that election, every candidate was bringing something to the table, made an issue their issue, right? Like, I mean, uh, Joe Biden was, I'm going to bring the soul back in America, you know, um, whatever that means. Bernie Sanders, he wanted to do Medicare for all. Um, Elizabeth Warren wanted to do um, finance reform. Kamala Harris wanted to do a criminal justice reform. Funny. And Tulsi Gabbard, her main thing was ending these elite, dumb illegal wars, right? She's talking about all these interventions that we do. She really wanted to end them. She was not like, she was not a fan of all this stuff. That was her main point going forward, right? Um, so I just want to give a um, give you a little sound bite of one of the speeches that she uh, said. Well, it's not really a speech. It was her. It was an interview of her on Joe Rogan, right? Because she the reason why I'm talking about her right now is because she recently was back on Joe Rogan and she's doing a little press tour um, that she left the Democratic Party. And she's becoming an independent. So let's let's hear about this is. So this is this clip I'm going to play right now, ha happened about 2019. So she was running for president, and this this was what she was talking about. This is what got me attracted to her. Military support for this genocide. Do you think when someone like Trump? radically shifts his position he's doing so because he's been influenced to change his position because he's been given more information or do you think they become compromised when they're on in office and they i scratch your back you scratch mine if you don't have the strength of your convictions and your understanding about what kinds of policies actually best serve the american people then you can see how easily you'd be swayed and influenced by others you saw trump's rhetoric on the campaign trail about saudi arabia against Saudi Arabia, against United States support for Saudi Arabia, calling them out for what they are, and now refusing to end U.S. military support for this genocidal war in Yemen that Saudi Arabia is waging that's created the worst humanitarian crisis of our generation because he says, well, he doesn't want to risk a multi-billion dollar arms deal with Saudi Arabia. So, you know, you can see at least in that respect, what he's really motivated by. He would rather continue to support the senseless and devastating deaths of innocent people in Yemen and using our U.S. military, my brothers and sisters in the military, to do that because he doesn't want to risk an arms deal with Saudi Arabia, a theocratic dictatorship that actually directly supports terrorist groups like al-Qaeda. It's hard for people to imagine that that's the case that it's an arms deal and they want to make sure that this deal goes through and that it continues to be financially 
productive for both nations. Well, that's, you know, this is Trump's argument. He's like, well, you know, that's American jobs, building those weapons that we're selling to Saudi Arabia. That's what's at risk. My challenge to him and to the American people is if the best our president can do to help support the creation of jobs in this country is to build weapons that are being dropped on innocent people in countries like Yemen, then we need a new president. We need a new commander in chief that will actually help serve the best interests of our people and work towards the interests of peace, peace here at home and peace abroad. That's that was pretty cool. I thought that was pretty cool. Like that last part. What did she say? She says, "If the best our president can do to help the creation of jobs in this country is to build bombs that can be dropped on innocent people in countries like Yemen, then maybe it's time we need a new commander in chief." That's that's pretty based, to be honest. Like. That's pretty awesome. She said exactly how she felt, you know? And this is coming from a, a, a service person who's done multiple tours, who worked in the medical field while in service, right? So she's seen probably like the worst parts of this, of these wars. Um, so it was stuff like that that attracted me to her, right? And is also like other things that I, I did not always agree with her because, uh, you just, you just don't. You just don't, right? Uh, that's, that's, that's okay. But, like, these are some of her policies, right? Uh, and I really like this about her is that it was always super easy to find out what position she, she took on any certain issue. Usually when you research candidates, they're kind of all over the place. Um, but she was, like, very, very open with it. You could go to her 2020 campaign page and, like, she'll straight up say what kind of where she issues she was on and what legislation she either wrote or um like co-signed to prove that she was for these issues right so like i mean and and then here's some of the issues so she's here when she was running right so these were her issues well now she's leaving the democratic party we don't know if these will change if these will stay the same it's gonna be interesting watching that happened, right? Um, so, look, capital punishment. She wanted to abolish the death penalty. Uh, cash bill reform. She wanted to end it. Mandatory minimum sentences. She wanted to eliminate them. Private prisons. She wanted to eliminate them. Uh, election security. She wanted to mandate paper ballots. Uh, she wanted to bring back Glass Deagle. That's uh, a regulation that uh, prevented fraud and abuse in Wall Street. The minimum wage, she wanted to raise it to $15. She supported a uh, family paid sick leave and uh, medical leave for up to 12 weeks. She does believe in this, uh, study reparations. I forgot what that is, but I think it has to do with like education. Yeah. Uh, she believed the cost of college uh, should be free. So uh, she believed in expanding or fixed existing debt relief programs for school. Uh, she's for campaign finance reform. She doesn't believe that politicians should be allowed to get unlimited funds. So, I mean, she's probably against super PACs. 
I believe she was against super PACs, if I can remember that. She didn't believe in taking PAC money. Um, she doesn't believe the electoral college should be eliminated. She wants. She supports closing down the new, all the nuclear power plants. Uh, she's very environmentally uh, aware. Like she has a bunch of policies uh, that sh that are pro environmental. That she, she's she's a big hippie. She's a big hippie. Put it that way. <laughs> she likes the environment. Uh, she supports bans on assault rifles. She supports in favor of universal background checks. Uh, she believes in few limits, if any, on abortion. So um, she thinks that drug costs should be imported and patent breaking. I don't know what that means. She does believe in Medicare and all, or at least Medicare for some. She's pro-DACA. Uh, she wants to pay for infra uh, infrastructure and bring back overseas military. Uh, she's pro-legalizing pro marijuana. She's for scrapping marijuana convictions. She's believes she could cut the defense spending and slash the budget. She, she believes you could bring back all the troops. She wants to eliminate tax breaks for offshore companies. Okay, she wants to loosen broadband promises. I don't know what that means. Um, let's see. We should first of all, she wants to consider holding companies liable for users' posts, and then she wants to uh, break some of them up. So, I mean. Th those are those are her policies, right? Those are, or at least those under, as she was as running for Democratic presidential candidate in twenty twenty. Those were her beliefs. So, like I said, it's going to be interesting watching what changes. You know, um, if if anything does, maybe she keeps all the same things. She's saying that she does not. So that's who she was, right? And she's saying that she's not going to be joining the new party. Let's uh, let me see if I can find the Joe Rogan clip real quick. But yes, she's saying that she does not want to join any new party, and that um, she's going to remain as an independent for now. I'm going to find. Let's see if I can find this little fake teeth, right? Backing me uh, mm. on a whole host of fronts. Let me see if I can find it. Got to buy into whatever they're selling at any given day, and and like I said, not only it's not enough to agree. You've got to go out there. You've got to march in the parade. You've got to carry the sign. You've got to scream and yell. And don't you dare even think about talking to Republicans. Don't don't even think about working with Republicans because that that directly undermines their their authority. And and frankly, Joe, this is something that I've I've been um, I've been trying to fight against within the Democratic Party back when I was vice chair of the DNC. Uh, for years, and it's it's gotten to a point where um, those who have been in charge for a long time remain in charge, uh, are not willing to change, and uh, and so I'm 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 leaving the Democratic Party. Is that this big announcement? Yeah, you're leaving the Democratic. I'm leaving the Party. Democratic Party because I've tried to enact that change from within. It's not I I I, I don't see the Democratic Party as being savable. And I know that I can make an impact uh, more from the outside. And, I, and, and frankly, I just I can't be associated and stand by uh, this this insanity that's been going on and continues to worsen day by day. Are you going to be an independent? Yep. So that's how you're moving forward. Yep. What what is it about this country? Okay, so that's uh, what she said, right? Um, she's leaving the Democrat Party now. If we go back to let's go back a little bit. 
further because I want to show you her reasons why. Probably should have started there. But let us see if we can find it. Of it is the people in charge of the Democratic Party, whether they actually hold positions or they just are influential in the Democratic Party, uh, have created this cult-like atmosphere and fomented this fear so much so that people who are really in a position to impact this, to stand up against and say, hold on, guys, this is literally insane and needs to needs to stop they're too afraid to do so because of what the ramifications will be uh the democratic party of the past the democratic party that i joined doesn't exist anymore the party that was um you know the party of jfk of dr martin luther king the party of inclusivity the big tent party that welcomed and encouraged this marketplace of ideas and conversations of people who held different views the party of uh, you know the championed women and equality and the rights of people in our society that party just it doesn't exist anymore and instead we have a party that's being led by by people who have gone insane with this ideological uh fanaticism and there are a lot of different issues a lot of different examples you know the whole issue of of uh, biology and uh the trans issue is just one of them there are so many different others you know parents don't have a, you don't have a right to raise your kids now you don't have a right to say what they're being taught in schools now the state the government the the, the teachers unions only they have that right and responsibility they're undermining families uh, they don't believe in the rule of law they had defund the police the supreme court we don't agree with them so they're illegitimate there's so many different examples of this this um i these ideologues who have taken control of the Democratic Party, who don't actually care about the people. It's all about themselves, their power, and their maintaining control. And that's the real threat to our democracy that they pose, is they don't believe in freedom of speech, they don't believe in freedom of thought, they don't believe in freedom of religion. All they believe in is you've got to buy into whatever they're selling at any given day. And, and like I said, not only, it's not enough. Okay, so, um, that's why she's leaving. Those are the reasons that she's stating why she's decided to leave the Democratic Party. Okay, because they are insane ideological ideologues that uh, they don't believe in biology and trans issues, or or that yes, right? Uh, they they're pushing too much trans issues. They don't believe that parents have the right to raise their children. Democrats don't believe that parents have the right to raise their children. They don't believe in the rule of law. They want to defund the police, and they don't believe that some of these Supreme Court justices are illegitimate. So that's what Democrats believe, according to her. Um, they are don't believe in freedom of speech. They don't believe, they don't care about the people. They don't believe in, you know, freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of religion, okay? And they're kind of really mean to her, and they always pick on her and call her names, and they never want to stop, let her play any of the reindeer games. So, I mean... And they have cooties, so that's that's the vibe I'm getting from her. You know, I I I, I understand what she's saying, but it's it might it might just be it's just it's it's silly. It's it seems like if she comes, she's starting. There is legitimate criticisms here. I I think, um, so. Um, how far and how much do I think they are? I don't know. Um, it seems like if she's been drinking some of that culture war Kool-Aid, to be honest, right? Like, like she's falling for... But I don't know. Maybe she always believed some of this stuff. I know her growing up, she was real, very conservative in a religious family. Um, her father was like a preacher. She originally started off, she was against... Uh, gay marriage, but she switched positions over over time. So, I mean, I think she does have that conservative leaning just naturally in her. 
So usually conservative people, they're 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 scared of the they're like the woke stuff like gives them icky feelings and they don't like it. So that that's what it seems like is happening here. Um. So, so she's gonna be an independent now. She's saying that um, she's not being courted by any of the Republicans and that um, that they're all very nice to her and stuff. Uh. And I've 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 watched some of the other stuff. She's doing. She went on Joe Rogan. Uh, she made this announcement. Then she did a podcast of her own, the Tulsi Gabbard show. And I listened to that too. That goes into a little bit more detail of why she's living it. Uh, there's also a big. Um, uh, she doesn't agree with Biden escalating in Ukraine, going on, giving them so much unlimited funds in uh, to. That causes them to escalate with Russia. She wants to find a solution that doesn't in that. So half the time, I like some really like she's she hasn't changed her position too much on foreign policy. Like so, it's kind of cool seeing like I wonder how much this will open her up to to like right leaning people that they'll bring them closer to anti war positions. Um, I think she might be a perfect person to talk about it. I think that, hmm, I also don't think that this is it. Like, you got to watch out with some of these politicians, okay? Because politicians, they're all crazy people, okay? They are not normal. They're all, it's, it's, wanting to be a politician is a mental disorder, okay? Like, you should never, ever, ever want, like, 50,000 people to like you, or at least 49,000 people to hate the person you're running against. That is outrageous. You know, and even just to, like, look at America and see, like, all, everything that it is, right, and its grandeur and, and complexity and stuff, and then if you think you could just, like, you look at it and you're like, oh, no, man, I can figure that problem. Like, you're a psycho, okay? You're, you, if you ever have a friend who tells you that they want to run for political office, you... Get them mental help, okay? You take them to a psychiatrist. You get to have an intervention with these people. Like, they are going down a dark and scary road, okay? And, and, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I just, yeah, never, never really. See, so see, well, my, my point being is that you got to watch out, okay? Because I, I think that why is she doing this now? It might be because she's trying to work up steam to run for president again for 2024. Or maybe even look for like a VP spot in DeSantis's or uh, Trump's administration when they run. Or just a spot in general. Um, which would be awesome if she did a VP spot because that would make her and Kamala Harris do a VP debate. Which would be nice to see. <laughs> um but yeah, so if you, so if if she starts to run again, that that would change. If she joins the Republican Party, that would change my my opinion on her. Um, to be less favorable, I would say she'd start to seem like a Hillary Clinton. Or well, let's start with this, right? Like, like if she if she starts wants run again, so like after the next cycle. So much that she switches sides, 
Like that would leave a very, very like nasty taste in my mouth or something. Like it'd be like like she seemed too thirsty for the throne. Kinda. I'd be like, well, what's going on here? <laughs> you know, so um and I think that might be what's going on. I think that's probably one reason why I'm really like, hmm, what's happening here? Because I don't know, because then, like, look, um, she's saying she's going to be independent, okay? But then immediately after this, she goes on Fox News. She goes, uh, let me see, I think it's like Tucker Carlson. Well, she does a few. Well, to be honest, she goes all over the place. Um, she goes on Megyn Kelly. She goes on, she's doing a little uh, PR run, right? Uh, to promote her podcast, which uh, maybe that's what I should do. Uh, just go on all these big channels. So she's going on Megyn Kelly. She's going on Tucker. She's going on a bunch of different Fox News shows. She's going on Cuomo. She's going on... Oh, I forgot what else she went on. She went on an Olympic one. But, and she's telling all these people that uh, why she left is because of the war hawking of the Democratic Party and the wokeness. War hawking and wokeness is what she hates the most. So, and I'm, I'm, I agree with half of her. I don't, I think the, I think a lot of people have just been lost to the war, to the culture wars. That's what happens. They all get distracted with, you know, who's, where all the rich white men are doing or what all the pink haired lesbian days are doing. And they start forgetting about policy. They forgot they forget to follow the money, okay? Because that's what you used to really be doing, okay? The culture war, big distraction, huge distraction. Um, it's follow the money. You want to know what's going on? You want to know what's happening? Follow the money. Follow the lives that are being lost, okay? Because that's that. those are the biggest concerns. Like, at least for me, I know a lot of people are really invested in the culture wars. But uh, for me, it's, it never really caught my fancy, uh, you know? <laughs> If that makes sense. And it was one of the things that I liked about Tulsi. She never got too much into culture worries, worry stuff. But but she's been flirting a lot with the right lately. Um, I think before this, I hadn't really heard nothing big about her. Uh, she went underground for a little bit after the 2020 election. Uh, she left Congress. She I know she got a promotion from being in the National Guard at some point. I know that she did Tucker Carlson's show. Like, I don't mean, like, did a guest appearance. Like, she actually hosted Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson took a week off or something or a couple of days, and, and she was hosting Tucker Carlson's show. So she's been she's been uh, flirting with the right for a while. It would not surprise me if she ends up doing becoming a Republican. I'd, I'd bet some push-ups on it. I bet 100 push-ups. She joins the Republican Party before the next presidential election. I I bet anyone, if someone wants to challenge me, put it in the notes. I'll take you up on it. I say she will join the Republicans. You say uh, she won't. She'll stay independent. I don't think that's a thing. Because she still seems like she hasn't cut out the possibility of running again. But she said she's not running right now. So that's all. That's about what she's willing to say. She's leaving doors open. And the only possible way to do that would be through the Republican Party. Realistically. Realistically. And it's going to be interesting if that does happen. Seeing how 
either she changes her policy positions or how her supporters change theirs, right? Because I don't know, are Republicans going to be for free weed? Are they going to be for raising the minimum wage? Are they going to be for, you know, eliminating private prisons and doing all these other stuff? Are they going to be for, <laughs> you know, reparations and free college and Medicare for all or some? These are her policies. Are, are they going to be for that? Or is she going to have to change her policies, which I think that she's probably going to do that. I think she's really leaning in to these, uh, the wokeness and the war hawking because nobody, at least on the, on the anti-wokeness and uh, war hawking, there's, there's no other one person on the left doing that right now. He, that, um, well, that's not true. Um, in politics, I'll say that. In politics, there's not anyone doing that. I think there's a lot of anti-woke lefties out there that are uh, like political commentators and stuff. Comedians, things like that. Um, but yeah, I'll think... Uh, uh, but that is... Um, that Okay, but let me show y'all something else. Right? Um, and this is the part of things that makes me think about like um, how how people get lost in in the woke wars, right? And how people get how they get so distracted with gender identities and who's white male and who's uh, uh, who's a pink haired person, you know. So um, here's here's. This is this was also earlier in the podcast with Joe Rogan. Adults in the room, but that's a big expression, right? It is. That was a thing that they, everyone said we're going to love about the Biden administration, right? The adults are back in the room. Yeah. Really? Like, what, is everyone out of their fucking mind? Like, we know children are incredibly malleable. We know children are impulsive. They they decide. Like, there's kids ready for this. My friend, his wife is a school teacher, and she works at a school that had to install a litter box in the girls' room. Because there is a girl who's a furry who identifies as an animal, and her mother badgered the school until they agreed to put a litter box in one of the stalls. So this girl goes into the litter room or to the, the girls' room and urinates or whatever. I don't know if she poops in it. That's pretty gross. You know what I mean? Like, if you could teach your cat, by the way, here's the thing if you could teach your cat to use the toilet, you would. Okay? Yeah. Like, you don't want a box of piss in your house. It's the worst. I've had cats my life. It's the worst thing about having cats. you got to clean that box of piss every day. Yeah. Like, it's the crazy thing about dogs. They go outside. Like, you're, you're a fucking the human. cats got their humans trained. Imagine how crazy it is. You're a fucking human being, and you prefer a litter box. You want to piss into a pile of sand rather than use a bathroom yeah. where you can flush the toilet and wipe yourself like a normal person. Like, you're so crazy with uh, what you think an animal is that not only have you said this, but you've conned the school yeah. into putting this fucking litter box in a girl's room. Yeah. Which... So, uh, yeah, that, that happened on the podcast as well. Here's the thing. I don't think that's real. <laughs> uh, it's a funny story. I mean, if it was, Jesus Christ, that'd be freaking crazy or and. Freaking fascinating. If, if y'all know any information on this, like, I feel it's that's one of those extreme stories that if anybody heard about that happening, it would be on blast everywhere. It'd be like uh, 
the, you know, when people put all these satanic and explicitly sexual books in libraries or like when uh, they go do drag shows for kids or like when they start teaching, um, what's that one? Uh, race theory, you know, um, when like, it, it'd be that big of a thing that it happened. Like that's, that's, that's funny. Like, like they would own people with that. That's a funny story. Like, <laughs> but I've never heard, like, this, he's the only one who, who I know has been saying that. And it, I think it might have happened for a few reasons. Maybe Joe, Joe Rogan, he is a comedian, right? He might just be like shooting the shit and then just saying some random story to impress Tulsi Gabbard. You know, he might, or something like that, you know, like just to tell a funny story, like they're just chopping it up. He, he, he remembers a friend telling him, a joke or or he a joke he came up with right he might be doing a bit right here he might be doing a bit or he might be like he might have misunderstood somebody else's bit i think that might have been happening let's get worst case okay so or how about this maybe even somebody lied about him right like like maybe his friend's wife lied about that story just to mess with him you know or even I'll even say maybe this happened. Maybe it was like a bunch of like crazy millennial or, or Gen Z or kids who are just like wanting to fuck with a teacher. So they bring a litter box and they pee it and then they tell the substitute, oh, no, it's for that furry kid that, you know, that weird kid that always wears onesies to school. You know, like <laughs> it could be something like that. Um, But I don't know. Like, I don't like. I've not heard anything else about this story. I think it might. I think it might be one of those, you know, really like those culture war urban legends, you know that we all. I've, I heard of a friend of a friend of a friend that you know, whatever. <laughs> I think this is what that is. Now I I I, I bet a hundred pushups on it too. Yeah, someone out there want to prove me wrong? I'll owe you a hundred pushups. If you find the story with with what school they're doing this to, I'll uh, I'll, I'll give you hundred pushups. Okay, and here's the thing: it has to be post this date, right? It cannot happen after this, because now this story's out there. Now some like <laughs> now some people are gonna be thinking it's it's. I think this might lead to that behavior too, you know. And that's the problem with the with the. Which I think is with the woke wars, you know, there's little culture war wars going on. Is it they they kind of like it's self fulfilling prophecy almost when you gaslight these these issues, these things. It, it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. Um, you make these things happen. So. But yeah, that was that was that was interesting. So I did want to just talk about because I mean I I did. Have um, I really was a big uh, Tulsi Gabbard fan, and I'm going to continue to follow her. I'm going to see what what she's about. Um, just because she switches parties doesn't mean if she keeps some of the the main values, the war hawking, the anti war hawking, then I, I'll still support her if I can. I mean, however I can. If she runs for office, we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know, I'm going to follow her, see what's up. Uh, I'll let you know further on down. Um, so yeah. So this, I'm going to make this next story. It's going to be the last story because I got to go and do stuff. But this is, this is such a freaking crazy story. I thought it was, um, I had to share it. 
So, I don't know if any of y'all know this, but there's a guy out there called Dr. Oz, all right? He used to have this show on, I don't know if it was ABC or NBC, one of the big cable companies, CBS. It was one of them where he'd go and he'd just be like, oh, I'm your friendly family doctor, you know, I'm going to hawk some, some protein bars and supplements and vitamins and, you know, stuff like that. Um and so he had this big show. Well, now he is running for Senate and as a Republican in the state of Pennsylvania. And he's going up against this guy named Fetterman. And a little bit about Fetterman is that he recently suffered a stroke. And so he can't talk. And he's still beating this guy in the polls. <laughs> he's still beating Dr. Oz in the polls. And part of the way he's doing it is really portraying Dr. Oz like as a you know, coastal elitist outsider who's like, what is he doing back here in Pennsylvania? You know, he hasn't been here in years and he don't know people. And then, you know, he's out here, he has like 15 houses and stuff. And what does this guy know, you know? So that election, it's, it's getting pretty intense now. Some of the political ads that are going out there um, are, are intense. This next one I'm going to show you all, I just came upon, is from Fetterman's campaign. I don't know if they're in his campaign or people who are associated with his campaign, but they just released this. Um, a story a couple of days ago was released by Jezebel that Dr. Oz, um, while he was one of the head scientists in charge of the labs of Columbia, I believe it was, he he would do studies, right? And, you know, there'd be animal testing and stuff. And here's what the... What the, what the in, Here's what the article from Jezebel says, right? In the scandal that will surely make Rick Romney, who has famously strapped his family dog atop the roof of his car for a road trip, looks like Peter's activist, a re, in a review of 75 studies published by Mehmet Oz, that's Dr. Oz, between 1989 and 2010, reveals that Republican Senate candidates' research killed over 300 dogs and inflicted significant suffering on them and other animals using the experiment, okay? Oz was a New Jersey resident who was currently, who was currently working for uh, Senate in Pennsylvania, okay? So, uh, yeah, later on in the article, it says, like, let's see, over the course of 75 studies published in academic journals, reviews by Jezebel, Oz's team conducted experiments of at least 1,028... 1,027 live animal subjects, including dogs, pigs, calves, rabbits, and small rodents. 34 of these experiments resulted in the death of at least 329 dogs, while two experiments killed 20, 31 pigs and 38 experiments killed 661 rabbits and rodents. That is crazy. That is a lot of uh, animal death and stuff. This is why I do not trust science. Okay, kids, don't try, because science kills puppies. Okay, this is why, like, Dr. Oz, Dr. Fetterman, they're all evil people. The only doctor I trust is Dr. Dre, okay? Um, <laughs> this, this is ridiculous, okay? So we're going to, I want to play you the, the ad that was released. It's, 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 it's intense. Let's, let's get started. She wasn't given a name, only a number, 6313. For 29 days, she suffered in Mehmet Oz's lab, leaking blood not eating struggling to breathe 29 days of unimaginable pain and suffering until oz took her for the last experiment just one of 300 dogs killed in oz's lab Mehmet oz is unfit to be pennsylvania's senator 
SMP is responsible for the content of this ad. She wasn't given a name. And that was it. That was the ad that they put out there. Uh, so you can see it was um, it was a little uh, over dramatic and stuff. And just the music. It has a little puppy on it, just like getting brutalized and stuff. It's pretty. It makes Memenals <laughs> look like a terrible human being. And I don't know. Maybe it's maybe puppy experimentation on puppies is uh, wrong. Um, you whether you're for it or against it, I don't know. It's just this guy. He he kills puppies in his lab. Okay, that's that's. When he gets right down to it, he's a, he's a little puppy killer, Dr. Oz, Mr. Friendly, TV show doctor, he's murdering puppies out there, and uh, that's how I guess how we're going to end the show, <laughs> sorry, I wish it was something on a higher note, but this is the weekly news, so um, we'll go ahead and end with that, I'm going to start looking for funnier stories and stuff, that we do this maybe more week weekly basis um probably be every friday now i'm going to try to shoot for so i'll see y'all next week thank you very much bye